I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of the Stay Outstanding podcast. Today, my guest is Latasha Halton, uh, who is an author and transformational life coach. Um, Latasha, I think before you become a coach, you must have gone through your own transformation. Um, would you say that's right? And if so, what was your transformation? <laughs> well, I went through um, years of trauma, um, sexual trauma. And um, I realized, I didn't realize until I got older um, that I did not love myself. And um, I was a people pleaser. I was always um, comparing myself to other people. I just felt like I had no identity of my own. Wow. And it caused me to have a lot of um, bad relationships. Yes. So, I mean, you just opened up the, the what we would call in the UK as the can of worms. I'm not sure if you've got the same uh, the same expression out there. But uh, what it means is, is that there's when you open the can of worms, lots of worms come out. So there's there's lots of questions from that. Um, okay. Firstly, if you don't mind, how, how old were you when your uh, abuse started? My abuse started at the age of eight, um, but it stopped for a long time until I was about um, 14. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, and was there anyone that you could speak to at the time or it, it was just something that you, you felt you were forced to suffer? So when I was a child growing up, you have to remember you are always taught what goes in my house stays in my house. And so you did not talk about things like that and you didn't hear other people talking about it. So it caused you not to talk about these things. And then when you're going through sexual abuse, you go through so much shame that you don't feel comfortable with talking to anybody about it because you always blame yourself and feel like it's something that you could have done differently. At eight years old, I didn't even know what that was. You know, I didn't even understand it. I just know it didn't feel good. It didn't feel comfortable. Um, but when I got 14, I was just so used to, you know, what goes in my house stays in my house. So nothing that went on in our house, you were able to talk about. Yeah, I mean, eight it's just such a young age to, I don't even know how you process something like that. And even 14 is, is so young. Um, well, you say that that led you to uh, go through some bad relationships. What sort of experiences did you then have in those later relationships in life? Well, because from coming from a abuse, a sexual abuse, um, a lot of times, and my sexual abuse was from my biological father. Um, and 
being though this is your biological father, the first thing you do is he's the closest thing to a God in your life. Like he's your king, your prince, you know, I mean, he's your everything, like your dad, you know? And so I would constantly look at my life like, oh, I'm a daddy's girl. So when I would go out and he, well, when he first started the sexual abuse, I could never tell my dad no. So a lot of times when you come from sexual abuse, you don't know how to say no, because this is, this is an authority in your life. And when this person is an authority in your life, you're constantly saying yes, or, you know, you want to be obedient to this parent, this authority figure in your life. So I became very promiscuous and I didn't know how to tell boys no. And so as I got older, I found myself telling everybody, oh, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. And I did not know how to say no. I didn't know how to set sexual boundaries. I didn't know how to set boundaries at all for myself or other people. So, you know, some people will start um, getting into alcoholism. Some people will start using drugs. Some people um, start prostituting. Um, it just depends on where that person's mindset is and what they want to do to numb the pain. So a couple of points I'd like to pick up on there. First would be boundaries. Like, how do you go about creating boundaries for yourself? And secondly, how do you go about creating boundaries for others? So um, there's a book called Boundaries. It's a really, really good book. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud. And it's called Boundaries. And it teaches you all the, um, I think there's boundaries. It's um, material boundaries, sexual boundaries, um, emotional boundaries, physical boundaries. And I had to learn, like, if I go into a room and you know how people will walk up to you and want to hug you or you, um, I will always just hug people, but I will feel so weird. So I had to learn to say, and extend my hand and, and extend for a handshake instead of a hug. Um, and I got to the point where I didn't just say, you know, just keep my mouth shut because I had to break my silence. And that's the name of my book. It's called Break the Silence. So I'll say, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that, but I will shake your hand, you know, and I can say that now as opposed to me having to just hug just because that person wanted to hug. So setting boundaries for me, I had to learn first what boundaries was and that I was worth being able to set boundaries for myself. And so if there's something that I don't want to do, I'll say, you know what? I don't want to do that. But I'm going to tell you, going through trauma, one of the things that I had to do was put a picture of myself as a young girl on the front of my phone and every time I had to make a decision, I would look at that little girl and say, hey, is this good for her or not? Because I was in a process of saving that eight-year-old little girl. So I had to put that little girl picture. And that's what helped me to start learning to set these boundaries for myself. Right. Yeah. So kind of like talking to your younger self and giving them. Exactly. Yes. Yes, and it worked. <laughs> it worked because I did it. So um, just picking up on the book there, Breaking Your Silence, um, for our listeners, uh, there is a contest 
prize draw that we're doing uh, as a celebration of the end of season one as we come up towards that, which is we are gifting one lucky winner a copy of all of our prestigious guests this season uh, who are authors and have written books. So there's going to be plenty of books there with incredible information and sincere amounts of value. So uh, the link should be in the show notes. Get yourselves in the prize draw. Um, and make sure you read Latasha's book. I'm sure it's very, very insightful. Um, so that was boundaries. And then you went on to talk about mindset. I mean, and you said that people sort of feed the need to suppress by doing something else, either alcoholism or prostitution or whatever. Yes. Now, with that mindset, how can one sort of not keep spiraling because let's face it when you're in a spiral it's so easy to keep spiraling right so i had to go through eight years of intensive therapy and i'll explain to you what caused me to go to therapy i was in a marriage for 14 years well 12 years because i did two years of separation before the divorce was final, <laughs> but I did. Um, so I was married for 12 years and I couldn't understand why my ex kept cheating on me. Like it was excessive and I, I kept taking it. Like he had three children outside of our marriage with three different women while we were married. And I was frustrated and I kept saying to myself, like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, and I, I started blaming myself, but I had, to, if it wasn't me being in that relationship, I would have never went to therapy. So I started going to therapy and I did eight years of therapy. And she helped me to understand that we were just two broken people in a relationship. Right. But she said, in order for like me to understand myself, I had to go back to my childhood and deal with that. I had never dealt with the sexual trauma. I never dealt with the um, abuse from my biological father um, and you know, even having a child by my biological father. And that created so much, I suppressed a lot of stuff and it was just so packed. It's almost as if there was um, you know how you open a refrigerator and you have all of this food in there and you had all of this bad food and then you got good food and you mix it together. It all comes, it all turns bad. So she was unpacking all of these bad things that I had learned and I had to relearn some things because all the things that I had in my head was all warped thinking from my father. And so that is how she started helping me to change my mindset. Changing my mindset was putting truth with the lies that he had told me, putting truth with things that I was thinking about myself. I had to replace all of the lies with all truths. I believed that I wasn't worth anything. I believed that I was this bad person. I used to believe that um, I would never amount to anything. Um, I wasn't um, smart enough because of how he would talk down on me all the time. And so it was just very hurtful to me. And so as I began to learn to change my mindset and see things differently, it helped me out so much. 
I mean, it, it, I think that that's where you have to start is with the mindset and with dealing with sexual abuse, it affects you in so many different ways because, you know, like you start to have these insecurities, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder for people don't understand their abbreviation for that. Um, and you know, you're, it's when you have PTSD it's either flight or fight. And so this is how you guard yourself with having PTSD with that type of trauma. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's very telling um, that you've conquered your mindset because you did eight years of work and I'm sure you did a whole lot more than that and st still in many ways continue to because mindset is a continuous journey. Yes. Um, so for anyone out there, there, there is no quick fix. You've got to do the, you've got to do the work. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine what you learned in eight years with, with your coach, just staggering. What do you think the biggest change that you experienced was with your mindset? The biggest change was for me was not believing the lies I used to think of myself. Um, the biggest lie I think that I believed was that um, it was my fault. It was my fault. So you had to go through some hurdles of self-forgiveness. Yes. Mm. Yes years of learning how to forgive it's easy for you to forgive others but it is so hard to forgive yourself that's the hardest part is learning to forgive yourself and so um once I learned that I had to forgive myself the same way that I forgive others the same way that I extend grace to others is I had to extend that same grace to myself. So if I find myself getting anxious or overwhelmed about a situation, I'll say, you know what, pause. I'm gonna take a break today. You know, yesterday was a rough day. I'm gonna take a break today and do some self-care because it's you can easily get, um, you said spiraling, you can spiral. Like if you don't do self-care and take care of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that kind of like brings into the conversation triggers, like, cause I know triggers are a big, big thing. And if you're not recognizing the triggers, then actually you can't kind of go behind the triggers to, to deal with them. What, what sort of triggered you and how did you become aware of the triggers and then how did you deal with them? Well, because I normalize the abuse, when you normalize the abuse, you don't know what the triggers are. I think that you began, once you began your healing process, then you'll start to see what's triggering you. Because those, when you're in that situation, it's normalized. This is normal. This is your normal. So it's no changing it. Um, so once I started going to therapy, I'm going to give you a prime example. My son was um, in a facility. And this was in 2020. Um, he, he had been living in a facility for several, for years. Um, for, he was there for four years. 
He got out, he could not do well in the community. And then he went back to the facility and for another four years. So you got to remember me and my son was separated for like eight years. And when he came out, um, you know, he's older now, he's more mature, he's changed. And within those eight years, and so I ended up having to, um, I ended up having to go through, excuse me one second. Yes. And so, um, you know, I, I even, I'm so sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so I was. And um, came out of the facility and matured. That's when he came out of the facility and he had matured. He would sometimes go over and hug me. And when he would hug me or like he would lean in to kiss me because he looked so much like my dad, I, that triggered me. And then he's, he's very embraceive. So he would intrusive as well. He just would just run up to you and just hug you and it would catch me off guard. And I didn't realize that I don't like to be touched unless I'm in control of it. So if I want to give a person a hug, I like to go over and hug them and not have them to come over and hug me. And it was, it was, it was just very scary at that time for me. Cause I just, had such, because I brought him home to live with me and I still had those triggers and I ended up having to go back to therapy <laughs> um, just last year because he's been with me now for a year and it's gotten so much better um, because she helped me to see that he's not my dad, you know, and even though he was a product of my dad, he's still my son and I can love him like my son. I don't even have to equate him to my dad. I can equate him to this is my son and I have him all to myself and I love him so much. And I don't have to feel like, you know, looking at him saying, oh, you know, and feeling like, and then I had to learn, okay, it's okay to hug him. And so what I taught him was, I, his name is Tracy. I said, Tracy, it's okay for you to hug me, but you have to ask me first. So I don't get startled like that. And he said, okay. And so when he come over, he'll still try. And I said, are you asking first? And he'll say, mommy, can I have a hug? And then we'll hug. Because I have to help him to understand what helps me. And just like, I have to learn what helps him. So it's, it's better for us both. Well, of course. I mean, any relationship uh, is all about communication. Um, yeah. So you you fathered uh, you mothered your uh, your your father's son. Yes. Well, uh, I, I can. It's just intense. And um, tell us a little bit about the book "Breaking Yourself Free." Um, so my book is called "Breaking a Silence," and I talk about the trauma that I went through. I teach people um, how as you're, as a child growing up in your house, some people will always tell their kids, hey, tell the bill collectors that you're not home, you know, ignore the bill collectors. Because back in my time, you didn't have call ID. <laughs> you had to pick up the phone to see who it was. 
<laughs> so now I'm telling my age. Um, you had to tell people, you know, you had to hang up the phone and say, I mean, you had to pick up the phone and explain to people, my parents not home or this. And so at this age, we're very sensitive at an age of eight, right? So we're already teaching our kids how to lie. And then, you know, like um, this saying, have you ever heard the saying where people say, um, it takes a whole village to raise a child. And I teach people that there's pedophiles in those villages. So you have to be aware, you know, and, um, you know, just trying to teach people of like signs to look for, you know, instead of judging people, you know, you can look and get to the root of why, why this person acting the way that they're acting, because I was acting out and I didn't even realize I didn't know I was acting out. You know, I was hurting and I did not know how to cope or deal with that hurt. Yeah. And that was just a lot to deal with. Um, I also teach people on how to forgive. I think that forgiveness was what set me free. Um, I had a suicide attempt and because I had hated myself so much. I hated myself for everything that I had been through because I did not know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to cope. And as I began to learn everything about myself, I did not know how to forgive myself and how to forgive others. And so it wasn't until I learned how to start forgiving other people that that was going to set me free and take me out of the bondage of that dark place that I was in. Forgiveness is the key. And forgiveness is not for the other person. The forgiveness was for me. Once I was able to release my father and release other people who really hurt me and abused me, once I released them, it was almost like I had the weights of the world lifted up off of my shoulders and I felt free. Once I learned how to forgive myself, it just, it was a whole different level of life for me. And I feel like this is the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And so, you know, going through that type of trauma and learning how to cope with these things in a healthy way, you know, and learning how to release these people. And remember, I said it goes back to changing the mindset in a way that you think, because it takes a lot of energy to stay angry and to hold on to that anger towards another person. I also um, give them a, a walkthrough of like what my life was like, different relationships that I have. I talk about my relationship with my daughter. I have a daughter that's 25. My son is 33 now. And just keep kind of give you a walkthrough of what that was like. So what that trauma will do when you don't heal from past trauma, you bleed on every relationship around you. And so that is what I talk about in the book. And I even talk about church hurt because um, I used to want to run to the church and making thinking that the church was going to save me and heal me. <laughs> and, um, and it gave me such an eye opener to see that I have my own personal relationship with God. And um, if it wasn't for God, I don't think I would have gotten through all of this. But there was a lot of church hurt that I went through. So I also talk about that and how 
you know, people when they're hurting run to the church and thinking that the church personally is going to save them or help them in how, you know, you're dealing with the same people. You're dealing with people. We're humans. And so it had a big effect on me. So that is a lot of things that I talk about in the book. So breaking the phone. So have you by any chance got a copy with you? I do. Um... I want to show it to anyone that's watching on our YouTube channel. And... I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. Okay. No problem. copy is on um, I'm on bonds and no I'm in bonds and noble books a million and I am on um Amazon and you're in the stay outstanding prize draw say that again and you're in the stay outstanding prize draw Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yay. <laughs> no worries. It's a great privilege um, to share that with someone. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it must be challenging uh, to come all, all the way through all of that stuff. Be an inspiration to others, you know, with your with your work. How do you maintain such a positive outlook looking forwards because i know we all have our uh, our light and dark moments mm. and um maybe what do you do during those dark moments to step back out into the light the number one thing for me is gratitude i think that if when i look at where i came from to where i am today it helps me because if you have a heart of gratitude, it keeps you in a mindset of forgetting about what you don't have or where you are in your life, but you always remember where you came from and how far you've come. And you have to constantly give yourself a pat on the back of, wow, you know, I got to the other side of this. So if I was able to get from the other side of that, I always remember that the rainbow is on the other side of the storm. And that keeps me level-headed and balanced. Gratitude and just remembering, and I'm going to repeat it again, <laughs> the rainbow is just on the other side of the storm. And so, go ahead. What it is that everybody associates with rainbows that's so nice? Is it, is it the pot of gold at the other end? I don't know. <laughs> it's just always remembering that when a storm comes, the sun always comes out afterwards. And so the sun is like a joy. It's a peace, serene for me. And so I just remember, okay, I'm going to get to the other side of the storm. It don't last forever, but it may seem like it while you're in the midst of it. Even sometimes, like if you're driving down the street and you're in the middle of a storm and the rain is coming and you can't see, like, oh my God, I can't see, I can't see, you know, and you're afraid, you know, because the thunder is coming, but all of a sudden it stops. It seizes. And so that's what helped me to remember that it don't last forever. Like that. Love. And you can get to that. Uh, you can get to the other side of it. Yeah. You just got to uh, 
be strong and find your way. Um, the storm will soon pass. What would be your number one tip, let's say, for someone that is going through abuse right now, feels like they have absolutely no way out? You know, they're completely shattered in their self-concept. Um, and, you know, they're, they're really having a bad time. Uh, what would be your number one suggestion to, to somebody in that scenario? My number one suggestion was to tell a person to seek help. Um, because when you're in a dark place, sometimes if you sit there and listen to those thoughts that are constantly in your head, um, it can take you places that you don't want to go. And it's okay to seek help. Um, seeking help a lot of time is stigmatized. People don't believe that you therapists will help. Um, and I was one of those people who felt like I'm not going to sit on my sofa and telling them all of my business. They're not going to listen to me. They just listen. Okay. You know, and I didn't really think that I would get the help, but it worked. So I would suggest um, seeking help. And a lot of times, if you go to a therapist and you don't feel comfortable with that therapist, you can always change, but don't give up. And um, another thing I would ask myself, I would ask, tell the person to ask themselves, what are you feeding your soul? And after you write that question down, I would answer it. I was asked that question one day and I was driving down the street. And when she asked me that question, I stopped and I said, what am I, what am I really feeding my soul? And the answer was nothing. I was not feeding my soul anything. I was just listening to all the lies that was in my head. So I started listening to podcasts. I wish Stan, um, Stay Outstanding was around. <laughs> but um, I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to Brene Brown. And I started listening to, I started listening to music um, and I would drown out the thoughts that was going over repeatedly in my head because our mind is a battlefield and it, it sometimes it tortures us. And that's all it is, is everything in the mind. And that's why you have to change the mindset. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So for anyone that is going through dark or tough or stormy times, um, you know, and let's say it's uh, a big you're going through, make sure to reach out to someone if that person's Latasha amazing. Um, I'm sure she's got a lot of insight as she's already gifted us on the show. Um, yeah, and find, as, as Latasha says, find someone that you can relate to and be open with because um, that's the only way you'll start healing. Um, it, it, it's just so... I mean, I can't even really begin to fathom what you've been through. Um, I know we've all got our own individual things, but no one thing is worse than the other because everybody's experience is extremely personal. Um, but obviously yours at such a young age, just it's just something you shouldn't have to experience. And it, what's amazing, what I love about your story is just your complete strength 
and resilience that you've shown to just come out the other side of this pain and this suffering and this trauma to really, you know, take hold of your own life and be responsible for who you are and how you're going to affect your own world and how you're going to affect the world of people around you. And yeah. uh, I just want to honour you for that because you're just doing such a great job. It's just incredible. Thank you so much. And I love your work because you're spreading the word and you are helping many people um, with different topics. And it's just amazing because we need the voice. And that's why um, I feel like God put that on me to say, break the silence. Um, because a lot of people don't have a voice and they don't speak up. And so I appreciate you for standing up and being that voice for people. Um, just a couple of last questions, Natasha. Um, okay. Where can people get hold of you if they want to get hold of you, if they want to reach out and connect? Um, I can be reached on my website, latarshahoughton.com. And I have a Instagram page. It's BTS underscore healing the pain. Also have another page called Houghton's Love. It's H-A-U-G-H-T-O-N-S-L-O-V-E, Houghton's Love. And um, I teach about self-love um, on Podia. I have an online course that people can take, and that's is called Just As I Am. Here's my workbook that goes to the online course. It's called Just As I Am, 12 Steps to Self-Love Coaching Program. And um, this program walk you through three modules. It's mind, body, and soul. And it has a lot of different exercises in it for you to go through. Um, and I've had several people to graduate from the program and they are doing some amazing things. So I'm so grateful that um, I can just be a vessel to help people to learn to love themselves um, the way that I wish that I knew how back then. <laughs> amazing. Um, and finally, just one final question for you. What does okay. stay outstanding mean to you? Stay outstanding meaning to do some amazing things, to stay in a light of being able to be a light to other people. Amazing, that was beautifully put. Um, I couldn't, I almost couldn't put it better myself. Well done, well done. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your gift and your insights and your value with us. Okay. Thank you for having me on. I felt honored and I want to thank you so much and just commend you to keep doing what you're doing because so many people need it. And you stay outstanding. <laughs> How do you know that I don't? That's a good question. <laughs> um, actually, just for anyone listening, just like everybody else, I do have my moments. Um, but I have learned uh, through my own trials and tribulations and experiences to conquer uh, my mind and try and uh, always make it the most positive and optimistic outlooking mind that it can be. 
and um yeah i wish that for all of you so please do continue listening to the podcast and uh as always please do let us know if you've enjoyed this episode or any others uh subscribe like comment down below and look forward to the next episode thanks for joining us if you enjoyed the content and got any value please do like it rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.